This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hi there. Welcome to Season 3 of Ask Us Anything, where popular science tackles the questions and conundrums that keep you up at night. Like whether or not stress can actually kill you, what space smells like, and what is a hangover, really? I'm Lauren Young, an associate editor at Pop Size Science Desk. And I'm producer Jess Bodie. We are back with a packed season of Ask Us Anything. And this time, you guys will be hearing from a whole bunch of folks at PopSci throughout season three. Lauren, thank you for kicking things off. Thanks for having me. I'm super honored to be the very first host. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guest host of the season. <laughs> totally. Yeah. We're so stoked to have you. But yeah. Okay. So let's get into our first question. The people want to know, why do we get wisdom teeth? Yes. So this is one that I've personally chewed over many years as well. Oh, the puns. I apologize. <laughs> yes, I apologize in advance for all the puns that are about to happen. So prepare yourselves. I'm prepared. Uh, so <laughs> like millions of people a year, I also got those back molars yanked out of my jaw. I think I was around 17 on that fateful, painful day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was luckily sedated for the procedure, but somehow managed to wake up right in the middle when it was all happening. No, I can't. That's like one of my worst fears. Yeah, it was it was not fun, especially for someone who's kind of afraid of the dentist on their best day. Right. Uh, But luckily, yeah, luckily, most people have a way more chill experience than I did. Mm. Uh, But while I was floating around on (laughs) painkillers, as one does after the procedure, A thought popped into my head. You know, we sure do go through a lot of trouble to get rid of these pesky teeth. So why do we grow them in the first place? It turns out that evolution has a lot of answers for us. Okay, cool. Sounds like this will be a fun one. Yeah, we'll get into it after the break. And I promise to make this procedure, uh, I mean, explanation (laughs) as painless as possible. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Okay, so let's sink our teeth, so to speak, into this question. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay, let's begin with a little background information on our chompers. So our first teeth start to poke out of our gums when we're around six months old. And by the time we're two or three, we have a whole set of 20 primary teeth or our baby teeth, that we naturally lose as our mouths and jaws grow over time. That process usually wraps up around age 12, but in addition to permanent replacements for those 20 baby teeth, you also grow a few extra. So most adults have 32 teeth in total. Some might have a few more, others less. This includes 
our third molars, or more commonly known as our wisdom teeth. They come in last around uh, age 17 to 25 when we're older and supposedly wiser. Um, right. Usually- <laughs> Heavy on the supposedly. <laughs> yes, heavily. I don't think I was wise uh, at the age of 17, but you know. Me um, neither. <laughs> Uh, so usually we have four wisdom teeth in total, one in each back corner of the mouth, but some people might only have one or two, and some might not even grow them at all. Oh, so there's people that don't even have to endure the pain of wisdom teeth at all? Yeah, my sister is actually one of them. Oh, that's really cool. It's like very convenient. <laughs> um, <laughs> but d- do we know like why that happens? That's still a little bit up in the air. <laughs> Uh, But generally, wisdom teeth are thought to be vestigial structures, which are anatomical traits and features that once served an important purpose for our ancient ancestors, but are now essentially obsolete. Uh, So goosebumps. Those are a really good example. Uh, For our ancestors who had more hair-covered bodies back in the day, that trait could help provide a bit of extra warmth from cold winds and a bit of superficial bulk when, say, faced with a scary predator um, to make themselves look bigger and more intimidating. Yeah, that makes sense. Right, yeah. But the invention of clothing and, you know, better shelter from harsh weather made having, you know, our lush body hair less crucial for survival. Sure. Um, <laughs> and now getting goosebumps is just kind of a funny relic of our evolutionary past. Um, oh, so, got it. So, yeah. So people say wisdom teeth may have had a similar trajectory. Um, these extra molars aren't really necessary today because our ability to cook food and the many tools that exist to break even the toughest ingredients down into smaller, more, you know, tender morsels. But at one point in our evolutionary history, they were essential for mashing and grinding, you know, those basically a harder diet, like nuts and roots and leaves and seeds, raw meat, things like that. You know, your typical old-fashioned diet. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That's That makes, like, so much sense. It's really fascinating. Um, But I guess my next next question is, how do we know all of this? Yeah, so for starters... Paleontologists are able to look back in the fossil record to see how teeth have changed over time. Early humans generally had much larger molars than we have today. So some closely related pre-human species had large jaws and facial bones that scientists think accommodated uh, stronger muscles and bigger, rounder molars. So those teeth would have been great for withstanding the force of super tough meals. Um, We can see that things started to change when our answer got their hands on tools. Even just like cutting food into smaller pieces did a lot to transform the way early humans ate. Um, And it's really funny, actually. Harvard researchers had a super interesting way of trying to figure this out back in 2016. They watched people chew, watching people chew stuff like, you know, raw vegetables (laughs) and goat meat, you know, the typical Paleolithic fare. Then they had these individuals spit out the food and measure no. the mushy particle sizes that were no. you know, left over. <laughs> yes. So gross. I'm like so uh, like misophonic, like I have misophonia. I would hate, I would hate that job. <laughs> it's the most scientific. I was like, this is the best way to study this. Clearly, you just have to get some people to chew stuff and, and just, you know, go through little particles. Sounds like a great yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely something to like consider, I guess, before going on a dinner date with an anthropologist, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, all ickiness aside, their findings were super, super interesting. When they sliced and pounded the meat with rudimentary tools, uh, the subjects, the people had to chew 17% less and with 26% less force than when uh, than when the food was totally unprocessed or, you know, completely whole. So that would save as many as 2.5 million chews per year. Whoa, that's a lot of chews. <laughs> right, yeah, like so much less, yeah, exactly, um, impact that we're having on our mouths. So right. that plus the advent of cooking and further food processing means that the average human diet today is much, much softer than our than what our ancestors lived on. Um, scientists say that this has caused um, humans to gradually evolve much smaller, flatter faces and weaker jaws and tinier teeth. Okay, so you're saying essentially that we're much wimpier chewers than our ancestors. Yeah, our poor, <laughs> poor wimpy jaws cannot handle. Yeah, <laughs> like are right. not up to snuff compared to our ancestors, unfortunately. Um, mm. So, but unfortunately, so this downsizing of our jaws actually may have led to some of the oral health problems we face today. So, worn down, decayed teeth misaligned upper and lower teeth and, um, of course, impacted wisdom teeth. So ultimately, the reason we have to get rid of our wisdom teeth is because there's often not enough room for them in our modern mouths. These, you know, these last molars can sometimes get impacted, which means that they emerge at a weird angle or get stuck because of the arrangement of our jaw and other molars. Um, Sometimes they only partially erupt, which means that they only come out partially in the gums um, or through the gums, rather, which can make them really hard to clean and they lead to cavities. And even if your wisdom teeth uh, come out straight and sit in the right spot, they can uh, still make things crowded enough to push, you know, the other teeth around. All the scenarios I've mentioned can be really painful and can lead to infections and cysts and other dental problems. That's why it's often, though not always, best to just remove your wisdom teeth. If you've got Mm -hmm. an extraction in your near future, don't panic. Millions of people around (laughs) the world get them out safely every year, so no need to worry. Yeah. Yeah, so your horror story is like more of an anomaly. Oh, yeah, totally. And I should clarify Mm. that while my situation was like very unexpected (laughs) and unpleasant, you know, I didn't feel any pain. I was just like very suddenly aware of the intense work going on in my mouth. (laughs) And um, oh, that's so scary. Yeah. But such a weird thought. Totally. Yeah. So but many folks don't even go under sedation in the first place and are totally fine. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine, but I'm kind of a, a wimp with that stuff. But um, but yeah, I guess like my next question is how long have humans been yanking these things out? Because clearly we've been eating uh, relatively squishy foods for quite a while. Yeah, so wisdom teeth extraction has only been commonplace since around the 1960s when local anesthesia and antibiotics became more widely available. Um, but before that, the process was traumatic, to say the least. Um, sure. Literally, one of the studies said traumatic <laughs> in, in the text. So you know it was probably bad. Um, people mm-hmm. who were getting you know tooth infections, just regular kind of cavities, either had to grin and bear the pain or go through a, an extremely gruesome procedure that involved chisels and mallets 
definitely no painkillers no. and uh <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and and you know all that would often do extensive damage to surrounding tissue as well so right not a great time uh, if you had any tooth pain or wisdom teeth, you know, removal back back in the day. Uh, but fortunately for folks who lived before the mid-century, wisdom teeth, you know, don't always have to come out. About 5% of us have jaws large enough for them to fit just fine. They just need to be cleaned super carefully since they're kind of in this particularly tight corner of the mouth, which means it's easy for bits of food to get stuck and cause cavities. Okay, that's totally that's totally me. That's my situation. What? I didn't know it was as small as 5% of people. Yeah, mine totally just You're grew in straight. You're the 5%. <laughs> I'm the 5%. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they just like fit totally fine in the back of my mouth. I like still to this day can't believe they grew in totally straight. Um, but but yeah, dentists have always kind of told me my mouth is like really big, <laughs> which was not a euphemism for me being talkative, even though I am a very outgoing talkative person. But um, But yeah, my dentist always reminds me that I have to like keep them extra, extra clean. But as somebody who already loves like flossing and oral health <laughs> it's not it's not a big deal at all um i'm just i'm grateful i didn't have to get them out right yeah see exactly so that they didn't yeah. get impacted yeah right yeah so you were part of the five percent where it is totally normal and okay like you know to have wisdom teeth uh but for other people they can still cause some issues even if there is room for them, uh, these irksome teeth can sometimes stay fully below the gums, but some dental experts warn that leaving them there can cause problems down the line. So if your gum lines recede as you get older, for instance, they can partially erupt and form cavities. Okay, gotcha. So this all makes me wonder if they're such a pain, like literally a pain for so many people, <laughs> will, uh, will we one day evolve to not even have our wisdom teeth? Right? It might be nice one day to have to not go through such extreme lengths to get rid of these potentially problematic teeth. But the jury is still out there on whether our species will ever lose them for good. Some evolutionary anthropologists have said that, you know, since they're not really necessary for our survival, wisdom teeth will eventually become like a thing of the past, but it would take a really long time for them to go away. Others say that we're probably stuck with them for That's kind for a of while. what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And anthropologist Julia Burrow pointed out in the conversation that while they might be a pain, wisdom teeth rarely ever kill us, which, you know, that means there's no selective pressure against them. People with fewer or no wisdom teeth at all aren't more likely to survive and reproduce than folks who have crowded mouths. So without that kind of pressure, Burrow notes that we might not ever push these annoying chompers out of the gene pool. But some people are actually already there. A global survey in 2015 found about 23% of humans had one or more of their wisdom teeth missing. And a 2013 study found some genetic clues as to why. Anthropologists linked it back to a random mutation that arose hundreds of thousands of years ago, which stopped the formation of wisdom teeth in certain populations. So maybe one day our distant descendants will have fewer teeth, but for now, take good care of whatever molars you've got. And if they are causing you trouble, just try to remember that these powerful teeth helped our species thrive in a world without smoothies and pudding. I don't think I could ever thrive in a world without smoothies or pudding. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> of course. Anytime. Got a question for the editors at Popular Science? Send an email to ask at popsci.com. Ask Us Anything is produced by the editors of Popular Science. This episode was written and reported by Lauren Young, 
with additional reporting by Maria Paula Rubiano and Sarah Chodosh. Editing and audio engineering was by me, Jess Bodie. Big thanks to Billy Cadden for writing our theme song and to Katie Belloff for creating our logo. If you like our show, consider rating it on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. It helps us out a lot. For more PopSci audio content, be sure to check out our sibling podcast, The Weirdest Thing I Learned This Week. Thanks for listening.